Listener Production. It's Friday morning, it's 6am and the phone rings and it's Michael, my, my spunky partner. And I'd been down the coast visiting family with the boys for a few weeks um, and we were about to make our way back up to far north Queensland. And I was really excited to see my spunky partner and also to kind of, you know, give him the boys for a few hours of dad time because I was, I was pretty exhausted. And Michael said to me, he goes, hey, hey, Dal, it's a, it's a public holiday up here on Monday, so the preschool is going to be closed, so you'll have to have the boys. And my inner feminist did not like this. Well, why will I have to have them, she retorted. And he goes, because I have to work, Dal. I've had these clients booked for weeks. And so she said back, well, I have to work too. Neither one of us said anything. And Michael then said, Dal, come on, don't make this more difficult. And then I said back, well, I'm not, Dal, but you're assuming that if the boys aren't at school, I'm going to have them and that's not fair. And Michael said, I'm not assuming anything. Please don't make this one of your feminist things. You have to have them. I'm going to be at work, okay? Now, I had a couple of options in that moment. I could stick to my guns. I could insist it wasn't fair. Or I could just let this one go. I could be nice. I could not rock the boat. I could get along with my partner who I hadn't seen in weeks. And to be honest, up until this moment, I had been missing terribly. So I said, okay, Dal, that's fine. I'll have the boys. I hung up and I looked at the time and I was like, oh, we gotta, we gotta get going. We've gotta to get to the airport. And so I got up and I started rushing around the room trying to grab all of our stuff. And I just went, F-! and there was a sharp pain ringing through my foot. And so a stream of expletives erupted from me and the boys looked really alarmed because I was lying down on the bed. I was rolling around like a marinated pork chop and I didn't know what had happened, but I was just like, what's going on with my foot? And I mustered the courage to have a look at it and I couldn't see anything. There was a tiny pinprick of blood that wiped away easily with my finger and I kind of power patted my foot and it felt felt fine. So I didn't know what I'd stepped on. And so I, I started searching the, the floor and I spot a, a slender silver needle sticking upright out of the carpet like a soldier about to go into battle. You absolute prick, I said to the sewing needle. And I looked at its dismembered body. All but a third remained. So did I assume, having only found a third of a needle, that the remaining two-thirds were lodged deep in my foot? No, I did not. I put my shoes and socks on. I got my two young kids out of the hotel. We got into our trance hall. I entertained them for the three-hour journey to Cairns. We travelled from Cairns to Port Douglas. I reunited with my partner. I did two loads of washing. I went to bed. I got up at 5.30 to go to the gym. I took the boys to gymnastics. And throughout that period of time, the pain had been slowly building until 12 p.m. the next day when it became unbearable. And Michael got home from work and I said, I've got to go to hospital. I've got to go get my foot checked out. And when I arrived at the hospital, I told them what had happened. And they said, oh, that's that's fine. Um, we'll give you an x-ray. And I was expecting them to say something along the lines of, Oh, you're a silly sausage. You're a hypochondriac. It's just a bruise. 
But instead they said, wow, that needle is really deep. The needle, it was in my foot and it had nestled itself amongst my bones. Ah, and it's resting on a nerve, the radiologist added. That would explain the pain. So what followed were three long nights and three long days lying horizontally in my bed, gritting my teeth and clinging to the pain medication schedule like my life depended on it. Pain makes the world dark. It makes you sweat. It makes you lose sleep. It makes you be awful to the people that you love. And it's exhausting. Like it is so exhausting to be singularly focused on something that is causing you so much torment and anguish. And I... I know pain, right? I've got a good relationship with pain. I have been in pain multiple times over the past decade. And usually for me, it's manageable because I am recovering from something. I am recovering from an operation. I am getting better. After a surgery, I imagine my cells getting down to business, bossily barking out orders to other cells. We need some more over here. Come on, chop, chop. Doree doesn't have all day. I help my cells, I, you know, I, I eat lots of food, I eat nutritious food, I drink water, I rest, I place my wounds under a bioptron lamp, I dress them and bandage them. And that's what I found so frustrating about this experience, the sticking point with the needle, if you will. The pain had no purpose. I couldn't recover, I couldn't get better, while a two-centimeter piece of a sewing needle was lodged into my foot. And I got to Cairns on Tuesday and I burst into tears when I was talking to the doctor. And it was, it was because I was just, I was in so much pain. Like, just get the needle out of my foot. And luckily for me, the doctor understood where I was coming from. I had an operation to remove the needle. And when I woke up, of course, it was really sore. But each hour that passed after that, I got better and better. I needed less pain medication and my foot now, it's pretty much like nothing happened to it anyway. The thing is though, because of the needle incident, Michael ended up having to have the day off on Monday anyway. So my inner feminist is pleased. And so I guess there are some silver linings to getting a needle stuck in your foot. Thanks for listening to Terea Pitt's Pep Talk. Follow to get new pep talks every day. Listener.